This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Coming up on today's show, we're recapping the biggest news from Gamescom 2022. And as you can see, we've got some special guests. Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am Andrea Renee, joined by up once again burping Brittany Brombacher in the studio. Brittany's bubble is here reporting for duty. <laughs> Rihanna Manuel Pena is here. What's good? <laughs> and Danny Pena is here as well. I'm back. Yay. Welcome back to the studio. We have to give a huge congratulations to you, Danny, on your children's book. Yes. Danny loves video games. Go ahead and show. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later yeah. on. That is a sneak peek of the book that is coming out next month. And, of course, Brittany is here in Los Angeles in person for the first time since February 2020. Amazing. <sighs> smells so good in here. It smells oh, so familiar it's that in that plexiglass here. cleaner, I'm telling you. It's great. <laughs> I got whiskey. I'm just living my best life. I'm so glad that you're back. Yes. It's wonderful. And we're all here together to talk about a big week in Ooh. video games. But before we do that, I want to say thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Chewy's Godson, Alex Agopoulos, Farah Satia, Justin Foshi, Matthew Godare, and Punctified. And if you want to support and join our Patreon community at patreon.com slash games, like Linda Harley did, we would appreciate and love to see you there. But we also have some new podcast reviewers. We do. Shout out to BMGIA, who says, Ooh. I listen every week at work and I can't get enough. So relatable, so funny. Also, I live in the Midwest. It's cool and rare to hear someone say North Dakota or Fiargo on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, shout out to my Fargo brethren. Let's go. All I can yeah. think about now is some turkey wild rice soup. Mm. What? Is that a Fargo thing? Yeah, it's a specialty. Well, it's not a Fargo thing. It's like an upper Midwest thing. It's technically a Minnesota mm. thing, but we've got it a lot in North Dakota, too. Say Fargo for me. Fargo. Fargo. <laughs> I don't know. That word doesn't really have the same O's and E's punch that I think that you're looking for, but... I don't know why I always add an I to Fargo. Fargo? It's just your thing. Fargo. That's okay. Fargo. It can be your thing. Thanks. It sounds like the name of somebody in like a Game of Thrones or something. Fargo. <laughs> Come forth, Fiargo. Fiargo. Oh my gosh, I've had whiskey. <laughs> yes, we have indeed, everybody. We were good last night, though. We didn't drink at night. We didn't drink at night. No. It's true. And that's rare for us, you guys. Like, no, 
really no, rare. No drinking during the the live stream. I don't. Oh, know we absolutely did. Oh, maybe not. Oh, I mean, I'm tonight. There were some beverages imbibed during the opening night live watch along. Which, by the way, if you guys missed it, you can go to either twitch.tv slash what's good games or youtube.com slash what's good games and catch our watch along mm-hmm. and our live reacts. But we're also going to be talking just a little bit about what we saw here. But we're not going to be going over everything that happened during the opening night live stream because it was a lot. Ooh, like over 40 games featured in just mm-hmm. that two hour period. Mm-hmm. And you guys covered it over on Xplay, Danny, right? Yes, we did. Oh my God, that stream was so long. We talked about like the highlights because it was just too long. So yeah, you want to start now? You want? Yeah. Start now? What was the highlight for you? For me, Killer Clowns. I'm, I'm excited. Ooh, for that. Ah, yes. yeah, three versus seven. That's gonna be very interesting to see. That one, Dead Island Two, of course, High on Life. I just love the boss battle. It reminded me of Mega Man, kind of. Like interesting. The old yeah, because hmm. um, we interviewed Justin Rowland and. He was saying that you could select the bosses similar to like Mega Man. Oh, like okay. out of like order. Yeah, sort of. yeah. You could do that. So yeah, I'm very excited to play that. Plus it's on Game Pass. Yeah. I mean, out. that's a good value. That's a very Great good value. value. So let's talk about Dead Island 2. Because mm-hmm. when we did our post-show thoughts, I was admittedly disappointed. You didn't get in a the reveal for Dead Island 2. I think the leak kind of spoiled, obviously, that big reveal at the end of the stream. But what we saw... I was like, this just feels like more of the same of what we've already seen. How did you feel about it? More of the same in what way? Because I didn't see this. I think it's very different than the first one, I think. Less buggy, I hope. (laughs) Yeah, but the only thing I was saying during the whole time during the stream, that Dead Island taking place in LA, LA is not in Lion. So I don't know what's... Ooh, I see where you're going. Yeah, right? Dead country. Uh, Unless Unless they're going to make it Catalina. Unless the parts of LA just went away, I guess, because (laughs) of an earthquake or something. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, And I want to know more about, like, how you customize like your weapons right. similar to like the first one is it four player co-op or what are you is saying you would players? have liked to see some gameplay from their gameplay trailer i mean they did show <laughs> gameplay trailer i mean not gameplay trailer they H- showed gameplay. gameplay well, well it was snippets snippets, snippets of yeah. gameplay yeah. i mean they show something so that means that kind of confidence to show it this early i mean and they said it's coming out in february so to me a game coming out in february mm-hmm. which is what five months away almost six months away, between five and six months away, is really soon. That game should be mostly built. They should probably be in polish. If they're changing anything, it's not major gameplay systems or design or narrative, etc. It's some balancing, potentially, or adding in you know, some assets, things like that. I mean, when you're that close to certification, because this game, with the holidays at the end of the year, if it's coming out that soon, I mean, this game has got to be almost Almost ready, ready to go. Yeah. I mean, they definitely got to have a hands-on event later this year. <laughs> you think they are? I mean, they have, they have to. to. I mean, I, have have to. I hope they so. They have to. But here's the thing. Now, back then, it was a lot different with games where they start promoting like a year before. Now, I think it was Bethesda to start this trend where they said Fallout is coming out this year. And it was like, what, two months away or something four like that? Four months was oh, four, it. Yeah. Yeah, from E3 to E3, launch in November. Yeah. yeah. I think that was like the closest and nobody was expecting that at all. So... Let's see. Maybe this year we'll get to see more like a preview event or something like that. Maybe we'll change your Yeah, mind, I but. wish we would have gotten a look at maybe what a quest would look like in that reveal. Like Andrea was saying, you know, if you're this close to release, like something, show some weapon crafting, show something. We saw some really cool dismemberment, which is awesome. But I wanted to know more of like, what is this going to look like? How are the mechanics? How are they going to flesh out? Speaking of flesh, transition. 
Dead Island's two game director talked about this new internal system they have called FLESH, which stands for Fully Locational Evisceration System for Humanoids. Amazing. Somebody worked really hard on that. <laughs> well, this system allows players to slice, dice, chop, dismember, melt, bludgeon, and break zombies in all kinds of spectacular mm. and stylish ways, and it's fully procedural. Hey. hey. So, okay. Okay. so, and I mean, like... Seeing what we saw, like well, I said, let's show that then. Well, that's what I'm getting at. We saw a cool, like you know, like a, a head got just cool, got cut off. Great, but <laughs> you know, the combat, even the combat we did see though, and maybe they were showing that, and we didn't know it. It didn't get me all hot and bothered and hyped. I was excited to see Dead Island too because anyone knows I love me a good zombie game. But I didn't see anything about this. That's like this is going to do something different. This is going to be exciting. You know, it's not 2014 where you slap zombie on its label and it sells like hotcakes. We were all kind of burned out of that. Do you think that every game has to be something new every no, time it No, no, not out? something new, but there has to be something. And when I think of Dead Island, I think of the weapons. I think of the crafting. I think of the area. Mm-hmm. I think of, like, what is going to draw me to this? When I hear a zombie game, I think, okay, I'm probably going to go around and just, like, kill a bunch of zombies. Cool, do a dumb, mm-hmm. boring, meaningless quest and move on. Because, like, I want more from my video games now than I did back then. It's not enough just to have zombies in it. And maybe I'm being salty right now, but I, I don't want think more. you're being salty. Your expectations have changed since we originally talked about this game in 2014. I can't right? believe that was 2014. Right? I posted a photo from E3 2014 from the Dead Island 2 party that happened at E3 that year. And that's literally how long it's been since we were talking about the mm-hmm. development of this game. And Dan Buster Studios took over development four years ago. Deep Silver is still the publisher. And I don't want to spend our entire opening night live <laughs> segment like poo-pooing the reveal of Dead Island 2 because I think even if this game isn't perfect, I'm going to have fun with and that's it. Saints Row, which we're going to talk about later on in the show. But I was just a little disappointed after so many years that they're going to come out with the official reveal or re-reveal of this property. And that was what they showed, especially when they took a moment with one of the members of the team, Khan, I believe is what mm-hmm. their name was, to talk about how they're going to show gameplay on stage. And it was just more montages. And I would have preferred like four minutes of uncut. Mm-hmm continuous combat. Yeah, full Similar. vertical slice. Yeah, yeah. so like uh, Redfall, they show yes. gameplay, mm-hmm. they show yes. editing. Piece of a mission. Yeah. Look, years ago, I remember I went to, I think it was E308, and I went on stage. Just a couple uh, years, Rep- just a couple years ago. ago. Just a few. Uh, I Rep- was processing them. Sorry. It no, just feels it was, good, man. Anyway, <laughs> Remedy was on stage, and they were showing Alan Wake for the first time I hated that presentation I was like this thing is trash like I'm not gonna like it that was my favorite game of the Xbox 360 when it came out so what I'm saying is sometimes companies maybe they just have a bad presentation but maybe the gameplay and the actual game when it comes out is pretty good you never know still hopeful still hopeful yeah Yeah, yeah. definitely I'm I'm definitely gonna whenever I get asked to talk about a game people hate that you love I always talk about Dead Island Riptide Mm -hmm. so I Mm. am definitely interested in this game I wanna play it Mm -hmm. I think it's gonna be fun I was just a little bummed and you talked about it being a a highlight moment for you so I just wanted to 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 chat about it I'm gonna defend it Uh, that's fine (laughs) you can you can. Good thing so real quick, one more thing about Dead Island 2 is, I don't know if y'all heard about the Alexa voice command. Did you guys hear about that? No. no. Okay. So apparently you can use Amazon's game control device called Alexa Game Control 
to play some Dead Island 2, and I guess you can taunt zombie hordes with it. It kind of sounds like a connect. Yeah. Like, remember in Mass Effect where you could apparently, like, I never tried it. I tried it. You did try it? How did yeah. it go? I mean, I mean, you don't tell me how to go. That was it was ago. interesting. Then after a while, I got but tired you, of talking. Yeah, and it. that thing is discontinued <laughs> for a reason, right? But yeah, apparently now in Dead Island 2, you can use this thing to taunt zombie hordes. Interesting. And I was like, okay, well, that seems like an interesting way to kick off your technology. Seems like a paid integration. Yeah. Very. You know, there's some interesting <laughs> implementation in more PC gaming world, which I don't know, hello, hilarious that I'm talking about this, but in Phasmophobia. Whatever, Mrs. Steam Deck. <laughs> oh, Phasmophobia. Phasmophobia oh, has that voice integration where you're taunting and calling out the name of whatever ghost you're hunting. Like, they, there, there could be some interesting application there, but it probably would get a little exhausting after a while yelling it, at your game as Skyrim has taught so us. So you can use your voice to access, quote, in-game features like navigation. Okay, that's cool. By saying, where is the nearest workbench? And manipulate zombie hmm. hordes by saying, hey, zombie, <laughs> according to an Amazon blog post. Adorable. Hey, zombie? <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm not going to use that. Well, it's like saying, like, hey, Alexa, right? Or hey, Siri. Hey, Hey, Google. Manipulate. You see a zombie horde coming towards you. You're like, hey, zombie. Hey, zombie. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Hey, boo. I love it. I mean, I agree with you, Dan. I think that's definitely one of the most notable games because there is so much history with it. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to play it. I love me a good zombie game, but I just don't see a reason yet to be like, fuck it. I just love zombie games. I was excited for the Call of Duty zombies every year. I play that. Mm -hmm. Um, Back for Blood. You know, Left for Dead back then, too. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Try it out. Knock some heads. But there was certainly a lot more games talked about in opening night live. I think the real win for Jeff Keighley, who is the executive producer of the show and obviously the host of the show as well, was how many new IPs he was able to showcase. I think as a fellow media person, that's a big challenge for him as a content producer to go, how do I make these games that nobody knows about? Interesting. And I think some of them really hit with audiences like the lies of P stands yes. out oh. as one that people yes. are very yes. excited Pinocchio. about. I'm so the, excited. The Pinocchio Souls Born game <laughs> that mm-hmm. we saw but then some of them fell a little flat and one that we're all a little scratching our heads about slash maybe concerned about was the one he actually opened the show with. Can everywhere I, dot game everybody. Everywhere. Let yeah. me tell you why. Well I know it's a business because of that but uh, the presentation <laughs> but <laughs> There was a lot of questions after the presentation. I was like, what is this? Like, And they couldn't even really answer the question. So mm-hmm. why do you think they decided not to say much about it? So if you missed that, it was described as being, quote, blending together gameplay, adventure, creativity, and discovery in a multi-word experience. And this is from IGN. Left and said is that it appears to utilize blockchain or Web3 technology, which has attracted... So that's probably why it was so. So run of show wise, I think it is smart to get it out of the way so that it's not distracting from all of the other games that are coming after. Mm. Because we saw it, we were like, what? Scratching our heads. And then we quickly moved on during that two hour special. That was a good choice because if it was somewhere in the middle, it would have been very distracting. But I agree, it was leaving us more confused than curious. And, it was and it's hard not really a great landing. Yeah, it was so hyped. It's one of the first in-person events where you see people in the audience and Jeff was on stage and everyone's like, oh, it's so amazing. And rocking then that jacket, rocking that jacket. The jacket. It was like, <laughs> it's like, what Yes. Yeah, what shoes is Keely wearing? You know, it's exciting. And then it kind of started out with this montage, which was like, okay, middly pretty. You know, you had all these developers sure. pouring the heart and soul out. I'm like, oh, this is why we love games. It's great. 
And then Jeff started the interview, right, with the developer on stage. And he's like, what, what is this game? Everyone has questions. And then, like you said, Danny, they couldn't answer it. And I it mean, was even, like. Even Jeff sounded confused. <laughs> it was a weak opening. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. And no, it I am usually the person that always looks for, like, the positive, the silver lining of this. But I, this was just a flat out miss. <laughs> To me, and Jeff rarely misses like this, but I look at something like this where you start with the dev interviews that they did back to back. And if you're going to open with dev faces, which I applaud, I feel like you maybe want to go with a studio that people recognize or a project that people recognize as your opener. And then if you want to tee up something brand new and interesting and different, you're going to have to really frame it in a context where people are excited. Right. Like the Midifig game, for instance, might have been a better choice. Right. The Brandon Sanderson project. Or Dune that was right after that game. That could have been the perfect opening. People would have been super excited. Yes. I do like, though, how Opening Night Live included some of the Gamescom Awards. So for people who aren't familiar, Jeff Keighley used to head something called the Games Critics Awards for E3, but since he has parted ways with the ESA and E3, I don't know what Keighley's involvement is with the Gamescom Awards specifically, but I appreciate that he partnered with the team at Gamescom to highlight some of the dev teams that got to win awards at the show. And I know some people in our chat even, watching along with us at What's Good Games, were not into it that they were featuring the awards in the show. How did you guys feel about it? Do you think it was successful? I felt, honestly, it felt like a filler to me. Yeah? Yeah. And I mean, I I get it, you know, giving awards to like the studios and everything. They've been Mm. working hard for for years. I don't know. I just, I felt like it wasn't the right thing to add in the show, I think, personally, for me as a viewer. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I think in service of the show, it did take up time. Production-wise, we all understand why that's sometimes necessary and very helpful. Yeah. Where you can take a break, take a beat, grab some water if you have to go to the bathroom, whatever you can do in that 30 to 60 seconds. I personally appreciated seeing more devs out in front sure. showing their projects and talking mm-hmm. about their dedication, what's important to them and their teams. Because if not here, then where does it get this big of a stage? That's that's exactly what I'm thinking, too. I think the game industry really needs to put more effort into humanizing game developers and the game development process. I think there's a complete lack of empathy for what studios go through and how much a delay really does impact a studio, like the emotional toll it takes. And I think a lot of folks just think, oh, a game's delayed. It's just like a flip of a switch. They just want to do it for this reason, that reason, or whatever reason. And like you said, if they don't have us, people aren't going to watch game developer, I don't know, power, I don't know what you want to call it, get together. Like, let's get together and talk about video games in the game development process. People aren't going to tune into that. But if you have GDC, <laughs> thank you. Yes. But if you have, you know, but if you have an award show where everyone's hyped, expecting new announcements, people are going to tune into it. So I think if you can put some developers on the stage and they can chat about it a little bit, I think it's good. I think it's good for in the industry. And are these people professional spokes? No, they're not. But I think that's, again, part of the humanizing. I think of Yarny, the Unravel reveal at EA and like what year was that right 2015 or whatever that was and he came on the stage and he was visibly so nervous he was shaking Mm -hmm. but think about what that did for that game everyone wanted to support it and Mm -hmm. I think it's important but here's the thing Gamescom opening night live wasn't an award show though and that's that's why a lot of people were expecting just announcements now it was like the game awards I'm all in but it wasn't. Okay, award show say, wasn't. But a you good say that choice. though. But Jeff even gets flack at the Game Awards for giving devs time, mm-hmm. which is why. 
people are so excited about his world premieres and trailers. And every time Jeff tweets, what did you think about the show? What do you want more of? Whatever. Because he's so good about asking for feedback. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. When you look at the replies, it's almost universally fans being like, more reveals, more trailers, more of this. Of and he's course. like, but, but the, what about uh, the awards? You know, no. it is an award show then. That part I disagree. You got to let them shine, man. The, the, yeah. the doves. Yeah. I don't know. It's a balance and it's hard to strike the right tone it is for hard. everyone. But yes. I feel like opening night life is not an award show though. It's, it's not. not. And I no. shouldn't have said the word or I shouldn't have used the word show. It's just the first thing that came to mind. But yeah. more of a show that people are gonna flock to. Andrea, what do mm-hmm. you think? I really liked it. I think that we're in a really precarious time where devs are in an impossible position of having to have a public facing persona to promote their game, but also to be proud of the work they did and they open themselves up to just just unwarranted harassment and toxicity mm-hmm. in ways that I never could have imagined people being. Just horrific things that are happening mm-hmm. to devs, really targeted campaigns that really wears on studios and has, as we've seen, make people leave the video game industry mm-hmm. to say, like, I came in to this industry because I love games and I love creating and I want to be part of the innovative interactive medium that is video games but I can't tolerate or deal with this, mm-hmm. you know, online harassment that I'm receiving. And it's a it's a really big issue. And I'm glad that some of the acceptance speeches that we saw alluded yeah. to the toll that that takes on their teams and how strong these developers are being forced into being in ways that they shouldn't have to be, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. I think it's, like you said, it was really great to humanize these teams and remind people Hey, they're people. And we do that here on the show, obviously, all the time. They're not just a Twitter account online. The people who are listening to What's Good Games right now are not those people. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's why I really appreciated that Jeff took the time in the show. And I wouldn't look at it as filler because that show was long. (laughs) He did not need any filler. Um, But it was jam-packed, right? So let's just talk about a couple more highlights. Brittany, you mentioned Moonbreaker, Mm -hmm. the game that was announced that is partnered with Brandon Sanderson. (laughs) being developed by Unknown Worlds, the team behind Subnautica and several other games that's all about digital miniatures where you get to build and paint your own minifigs and they're calling it a Hearthstone meets XCOM game. And that does not like raise any flags for me. As we say here, it doesn't blow my skirt up. But I love Brandon (laughs) Sanderson. I talk about him and his books and his world building all the time. So anything that he's involved with, I will at least check out. I'm still holding out hope that he's going to make a Bioware type RPG someday because that's really what I want from him but that was a big standout for me and then from the other things in this list the last thing I want to mention is the unknown project they all kind of left us going what the heck is this game of Wiro song slash word song (laughs) (laughs) so there's a new studio called something wicked games that is comprised of heavy hitters in the RPG world people from Bethesda, from Bioware, from Obsidian that know RPGs that are making this game. And this is the game I want to know more about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. IGN has a really wonderful write-up on it from Rebecca Valentine. But I thought it was really fascinating. So essentially what happened is the main dude, not the main dude, the main developer guy from Bethesda, I can't remember his name, sorry. He left. He went into like a little mini retirement, never had plans of starting his own studio. But as he was just kind of enjoying himself and enjoying traveling and seeing, he was inspired to make this game. And so he pitched it. He raised money successfully. Now it's a small team of maybe like 13 or so. They're trying to get to a team of 70. I mean, that's a small team for an RPG, 13. Yeah, but that's what they're going for. 
And it's being described as a preternatural. What's that one? Preternatural? Preternatural. I've never heard that word in my life. Thank you, Ray. <laughs> a cult and historical fantasy game. And it's going to be an open world RPG, single player, no common to multiplayer. And it just kind of goes into what that, it sounds like it's going to be a Bioware-esque game, which, you know, it's like when you say that, you know what you mean. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. I mean, it's going to be interesting. And it's very, very early. They, they said also that this was very much a like, hey, we're here. If you're interested in working for us, you can come for us. But it sounds like this game is so they're just trying to raise money right now yeah (laughs) like put us on stage so we can get that buzz (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. no i'm really interested in it too so weird song is that is that that weird song is what we've been told yeah yeah, yeah. it's called modern sci-fi and modern fantasy no you can't do both come on well it sounds like they're trying it can i give a quick shout out to someone of course you can Shout out to Kojima for announcing the first <laughs> podcast of any gaming show out there, man. Just want to say is that, that what is that what it said? Are you being facetious? No, I'm being real. Like, wait, wait, wait. I'm being real. Is, is that that's what the, the announcement first, said? I don't remember. That's that. the first podcast announcement at a gaming show. Oh, oh that's what you're I talking see your, about. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think we just. It's true. I mean, just want to say that very quick. Very quick. Yeah. I mean, he was tr- that was trolling though. A lot of people thought it was going to be like a brand new game or something he was going to announce. To me, that was a paid Spotify integration. I saw that from a mile away. Also, it's well known that Jeff Keighley Besties. and Hideo Amen. Kojima are BFFs. Buddy yes, yes. And we called that one of the special guests would be Kojima-san. Yeah. And they, he's obviously writing off the announcement of PC Game Pass and Death Stranding and, and all that. But it did feel out of place. Brain Structure, by the way, is the name of his podcast. Oh, I, uh, brain, brain what? Brain Structure. Structure. Is okay. the name of his podcast coming. I'm really interested. Let me, let me I want to try to right get now. inside his mind. <laughs> it's not out yet, I don't think. Oh, it's not? Well, I mean, you, you look it up. You let us no, I'm gonna know. Search. I'm going to search real time. Okay, okay, Real great. time reporting right here, yes. what's good games. All right, well, unless anybody else has stuff that they have burning desires to talk about opening night live, there is a little bit of other news. Okay, so real quick, I want to say it was great to see more of the Atlas Trials. Oh, was it great? It was I great. didn't think it was great. It was great for some I of thought us. it was terrifying. <laughs> so this is obviously Red Barrel's multiplayer spin-off of Outlast, which is like, okay, cool. I love multiplayer horror games. We don't get enough of them, so... You two are incredibly lucky that the (laughs) beta is going to be, while we can't play it, we're going to be out. So middle finger to both of you. Love you so much. And then the Callisto Protocol, <laughs> I mean, more of the same. We got to see mutations, which is like, okay, cool. Like, that looks terrifying. It reminds me of Lost Plagas from Resident Evil. You never know when those tentacles are going to sprout and go blah, 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 blah. Lots of squelching. So much squelching. And Andrew did make the point that the sound design was phenomenal. There was squelching coming from everywhere in that level, and you could pinpoint it. Oh it was gosh. so, and we don't normally get that Squelterific. kind of, des- or that audio experience in a setting like that because mm-hmm. usually because of stream purposes they kick out mono audio mm-hmm. and I was really impressed by the sound design in that in that demo that they showed it was great it was great it, it looks looks great. really yeah. and they ended it with a new death for a poor protagonist so I mean as a fan of Death Space I can't wait to play that it game. looks so good it looks right so good it looks so good yeah I'm and very it's dark, very excited grimy oh I can't wait. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some fun stealth. <sighs> yes. Larry. Real quick, as a fan of Ghost of Tsushima, I am excited for Where Winds Meet. And yeah. this is what was the game set in the Northern Song Dynasty. Mm-hmm. So that very familiar combat and very beautiful vistas. Like, I want to know more about it and like, what the angle is. And I did catch a, a quick little article here from IGN where they referenced maybe some of like the Tai Chi movements entering in, <sighs> like, reflecting attacks. So that it sounds really interesting. It looks so good. It looks gorgeous. This one bother you guys because you have a steam deck but it's pc only 
I didn't realize that. So I guess I'm going to have to get myself a Steam Deck so I can play it. You'll like it. Get in line, girl. They ain't shipping now until, what, Q1 2023? If you're in the queue already, yeah, you'll, you'll, get get, you'll get yours. But if you're not in the queue, if you're joining the queue now. I want to join the queue. I want to get in the fast pass line. They're, they're, they're the sending movement. them out more rapidly. Now. Yeah, so, I think the production yeah. went up. Yeah, production's think, gone up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. By the way, breaking news, the podcast is live. <laughs> breaking, oh, breaking news. I just started following. You mean Kojima San's podcast is Yeah, the podcast. I'm so sorry, the podcast. Brain structure. Brain structure. And Andrea, I want to know, are you going to give Dune Awakening a shot? Are you like, that's an MMO bitch, get out of here? I mean, I'll look at it <laughs> the hard part for me about mmo reveals is that their cinematics always look amazing yeah right and right, the right. gameplay looks nothing like the cinematics and i appreciate blizzard cinematics so much because they're beautiful and gorgeous but then you look at gameplay for stuff like wow and it's just like it doesn't look like the cinematics look no. like, right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's just one example and so i'm concerned that the cinematic looked gorgeous but i'm like what does the gameplay look like because mmos fair. run the gamut right like it could look like anything it could play like anything and i just obviously need to learn and see a lot more I would rather probably spend time in Dune Spice Wars, the RTS that's currently in early access, than to probably jump into an MMO. It's fair. That's fair. You know, selective about my Dune experiences. (laughs) I like it when you're selective. Yes. um, I do want to give one quick mention to the DualSense Edge, the lone hardware piece of news that came out of this week. Sony revealed that they finally have an answer to the Xbox Elite controller. And I don't know if people are super jazzed about this. I feel like I want to play the JoJo song where she's like, it's just a little too late, a little too wrong, or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's a good song. (laughs) It's actually a banger. Right? It's a banger. (laughs) No, no, it's like better late than ever. Cool, cool. You do you. Uh, I guess it, you know. Was know. that the only one I thought it was going to be the VR2 they were going to show? No, uh, I, na- so, I did not think that. That's yeah. going to so be a standalone contro- event. So you yeah. knew it was going to be the controller right away? No, no, I thought it was going to be a game of some kind. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to be hardware. Yeah. I thought it was a movie. <laughs> we first I was like, movie? are we getting a more in-depth yeah. look at the t But yeah, no, we just got I, the I also thought maybe they would show a more in-depth HBO Max trailer yeah. because yeah. there's been a lot of press around The Last of Us. Mm-hmm for HBO Max and I was like oh this is a good time for them to be like here's like like an extended cut trailer of yeah, what we've yeah. already shown yeah, I, uh, it would have fit right in perfectly mm-hmm. and I think people would have been excited I did not see a controller announcement coming yeah, mm-hmm. I know some people get all hot and bothered and turned on and their switch gets flipped over controllers I don't think any of us are those people are we? No, no. I have no. all the controllers I want already yeah I don't I ever customize yeah I never yeah. customize a controller I've never fudged with the little paddles or whatever so it didn't the paddles are a game changer for shooters <laughs> Okay, see, that's why you're here. But I already have them. Oh, see, so I'm good. There There you go. go. All right. (laughs) Well, if you guys want to watch and learn about everything that happened with Opening Night Live, I would just refer you to the Twitch stream that we did. You can check it all out there. There was a little bit of other news that happened. So I admittedly haven't gotten to deep dive into it, but... Bay Destiny had a big showcase this week. They had a few things this week. Or was yeah. it was the Fortnite inside the showcase? Or was yes, that it, it was, was. It was. part of the showcase news? So Destiny 2 going strong. 
I don't know why they decided to do their showcase right in front of opening night live to like have all that news kind of get swallowed up by what's happening at Gamescom. But they debuted Lightfall, the brand new expansion that's coming in February of next year. And there's a new subclass. Mm. There's a cyberpunk world that looks looks really cool. Really, really cool. And there's a Fortnite integration that's happening. Oh, yeah. That Fortnite piece was really cool. That was a good spot because it took us all the way back to the loot cave experience that yes. oh, just yes. burned oh, into our memories and like you see the glimmer falling as like Icor and the stranger like shooting next to other Fortnite character and it was it was actually really great it, I, it definitely definitely got me I'm in I'm yeah. probably gonna buy all those skins you know are I was you? like at the re earlier I was like are you gonna get it are you gonna buy it she's like oh hell yeah I'm gonna absolutely. buy it absolutely yeah. I mean listen I'm gonna regretfully buy it but <laughs> like a lot of people I'm disappointed that they put in the stranger and not Kate Six it seems like an obvious miss it's like a giant swing and a miss like yeah. what were you thinking no one remembers the stranger no one cares about the stranger the stranger does not have any meaningful impact for any guardian no matter what class you are correct the idea that you would overlook Cade Mm. arguably the most popular character in the destiny universe agreed to put in the stranger it's to me a giant miss and I don't care if in canon Cade is gone it doesn't matter it really doesn't people will buy Cade 6 if you put him in Fortnite exactly smack that ass while you say there's plenty of canon deceased characters who are in and the other big miss for me was Shax like how are you going with Zavala and not Shax Wait, hold on. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wait. Hold on. Okay. He's a vanguard. He is. He's our awoken brother. He's good. We love him. Yeah, no. Zavala's <laughs> great. But we somebody, love Lance. somebody very <laughs> smartly pointed out to me when I was when I was complaining about this on Twitter, because y'all know I love to complain about my Bay <laughs> Destiny. <laughs> I was like, why? Why is Shax the master of the crucible, the lord of PvP and multiplayer competitive experiences in Destiny, not mm-hmm. in a battle royale integration? Like yeah, this, yeah. This to me seems like a giant miss as well. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, they have to represent all three classes they're like that's why the strangers in there it's representing the hunters i go well really really i was like "Mm, okay well i guess i kind of see it but i was like so if we took zavala out who's the guy that steps in i was like obviously shax yeah shax right he's also a very hilarious character his commentary if you guys ever played crucible in destiny his commentary is so good (laughs) that's it's so good It Danny so and Brittany good. are making eyes at each other like, it's okay, we don't know, it's no, no. fine. I, I, I played Destiny I've before, played a lot of but Destiny, I have a question but, for you. Uh-huh. Are you still going to buy it? Yes. Because yeah. we play Fortnite all the time. Yes. There you go. It's a win. Yeah, but You I'm, can complain all you want. I have to get Icora. But more, more people Warlocks. would buy it. Of course, yeah, yeah. Of course. But I've already said that I openly like <laughs> spend too much money on cosmetics and games. I've already just committed to, I'm, I need to drop like at least $100 on V-Bucks for the rest of the year. Like I need an allowance Yo, or something. I'm buying... Danny, ha- break out the wallet. Let's go. So I don't, I don't watch Dragon Ball, and I bought the Dragon Ball. Of bundle. course, you yes, you what? did. We're gonna talk about that in hands on. <laughs> guess who we got to play for? No. <gasps> guess who actually enjoyed it? It's not the three of us, y'all. It's it's the blonde wonder. Um, oh, oh, that's, my name. that's a new name for me. <gasps> yes. 
You never called me that before. Well, now you are. I'm going to call you Bubble Brit from now on. I love that. Bubble <laughs> Brit. Bubble Brit. Stand for my farts and my burps. Who could say? But I'm excited about everything that they showed. Rhea and I were like, do we get back in? Yeah. Is, is now the time what about to the get grapple back hook? into Destiny? Grapple hook changes things for me because I enjoy a grapple hook experience in almost every iteration. Okay. I really do. Okay. It's like grapple hooks and bows. Like, well, the bow check bow in Apex was a game changer for me. Mm. And then I quickly learned I'm not good at bows. And then I decided to really <laughs> refocus on the grapple hook when it entered for night that was a much better payoff but i'm really i'm really excited about potentially getting back into it i'm scared to commit to it because i know how much of a time sink destiny 2 can be and it's just really hard even though i have lots of free time right now to focus on one game that hard Hmm. when it really doesn't reward every moment to moment interaction and the grind is just so intense and it may be different now. It's been a while since we've played, but I don't know that I can make that emotional commitment (laughs) because like you just quickly get left behind like in PVE, PVP, like any raid you're trying to do, like you just quickly cannot access the content at the same level of the people we would be playing with because you have to play it almost every single day in order to get to that competitive level. And we have great Sherpas. The What's Good Guardians are wonderful and we know that the minute that we're like, we're in, please mm-hmm. jump in and help Sherpa us through all of this content that people would absolutely squat up with us to play. But She's right in the sense that even though they've helped streamline the ability to kind of jump up to the current light level, it's still a grind and they still suffer from the same issues that Destiny 2 has always suffered from, which is that you're doing the same content over and over again. Now, I don't want to go down a Destiny rabbit hole because we have other things to talk about. You have a guest that doesn't know much about Destiny. You may learn. Listen, you don't got to talk shit about Britney like that, okay? Just kidding. Come on. Come on. I will say I do miss all the Destiny rants and talks. Like, I used to give you shit for it, but I do genuinely miss it. I've suffered a lot of Majima talk over the last two years. Listen, I do appreciate you talking about my third husband that way, Andrea. I think it is important to, to share the games that you love because there's yes. a lot of people mm-hmm. that wants to hear that too so absolutely yeah. I, I'm Destiny 2 is a great game yeah it is a great game I have a hard time playing it right now yeah I can't do raids <laughs> I love raids oh, I, okay. I have a hard time I getting the raid level raids yeah, yeah. getting raid ready that's the problem everybody yeah. has to be on point if not one mm-hmm. person is, but that's is, the fun that's of it. it it is fun it's, it's fun. magic I've done um, all the raids <laughs> Destiny 1 Mm. Destiny 2, zero. What? Wow. None of them? None of them. Not one. Not one. I just do a Honestly, it's a really great bonding experience, I will say. Mm -hmm. But I like doing strikes. Great memories. Strikes Mm -hmm. is fun. Multiplayer is fun, too. So There's lots of great content within Destiny, for sure. Not denying that at all. And they've made all the expansions free right now. They announced a new partnership with the Epic Game Store. And... Mm -hmm. If you have thought about getting back into Destiny, it's a good time to do it. Just yes. we'll see. Destiny. We'll see. Let but, us know if we need to get back into it. I guess that's what. Wow, need is such a strong. The cyberpunk word. aesthetic and the grapple hook are almost enough to just get me. I got to. I know. If there's a lantern, it is on. Danny, there are lanterns. Buy your wife a lantern. <laughs> yes, I think. Uh, I never knew. I think we should you don't have to do rose petals. Mm-mm. Just get some lanterns. Put them all around your bedroom. And that's it. Bonus points if it's blue. 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 Okay. All right. Everybody take notes. take take notes, everybody. Okay. So to kind of wrap up news. Yes. I want to just give 
a tip of the hat to New Tales from the Borderlands. I'm excited yes. about oh, you. Hell yes. Very yeah. excited about Very you. Excited. We learned that Sonic Frontiers is still coming this year in November is the confirmed release date. Oof. We're sort of excited, sort of not excited. Very confused about like how that game is actually going to play out based off what we've seen already. Mm-hmm. I think Lords of the Fallen looked really cool. That's the official sequel. So it's no longer Lords of the Fallen 2. It's the Lords of the Fallen. <laughs> That's a weird change. I'm not sure why they decided to do that, but... You know, it's the game, the new thing, the the cinematic we saw looked really cool. Other kind of high level quick hits from what we saw. I can give a quick shout out to Goat Simulator. Just oh, yes. Goat, Goat Simulator 3. Yeah. That looks so Same good. Page. Right? Yeah, it looks, it, so looks, good. it looks fun. It we looks talked about this again. <laughs> hilarious. And it's not just a game where you get to be a goat. More than There's that. There's a little narrative there. You, you can, can be, be a pig, too. Really? I didn't know that. I missed Multiplayer that. You didn't too? see the pig? Okay. I probably did, but I don't remember it. There was a bull at one point. Great. Oh, see? I missed really? that. Mm-hmm. I thought we saw bull ass. Bull, bull ass? A bull ass? Like, you know, it's like you're, you have the back shot of the goat. So you like... Wow, no. Oh, wow. Sorry, too much. Too much info. <laughs> Not for what's good games, Danny. Not for what's That's good for games. for your own show, Gamer Tech Radio. <laughs> you can talk all about bull ass you want. Sorry, but no, there, there, was, there seems to be narrative hints. There, there does. Mm-hmm. And there was a point, we talked about this in our post, in our reacts, where you were a goat in full goat armor, mm-hmm. walking down like a little like a castle red carpet, and all the goats were kneeling on all four of their goat knees. And I think that looks amazing. It looks great. I can't be IRL queen in my life. I can be a goat queen. Also hilarious that there is no goat simulator too. It's just I mean, that's the funny part. Okay, so do you know the story behind that? No, I don't. I wasn't sure if I got this right or not, but I did read a a long-ass article in IGN. Sleep deprivation is a thing, so sorry if I get this wrong. But they had thought that they had announced Goat Simulator 2 already, so that's why they went with 3. And then they realized after they announced 3 that they actually hadn't announced 2 because their community was like, hey, what the heck? And they're like, okay, well, I guess we're leaning into 3 now. Hey, you know what? They have the right to do it. And like Reese <laughs> said in the post show, if there's any series that can do this and get away with it, it's yeah. it's, it's Goat Simulator. simulator. Yeah. Yeah. No that's rules. funny. Shout out to Return to Monkey Island. Yes. Definitely going to play that. I take a shot, everybody. My husband works for Disney. Hey. Yeah. We talked about Monkey Island, which is a Lucasfilm game property underneath the Disney umbrella. But we got a release date for that, which is surprisingly soon. Very soon. I think it's September, right? September 19th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm Very exciting. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Got some Dying Light 2 DLC. Reminds me I need to get back to that game. I need to give it another shot. I haven't played it really since around release time, but I know they've done a lot of fixes to it. Mm-hmm. So I need to just hop Brandy, back into it's that. It's a great game. I like I enjoyed it. See, I, the first one I is one of my favorite, favorite games. Oh, first favorite one's quote. amazing. Yeah, That's yeah, like yeah. So, Okay, okay. Someone who's done first and second. I prefer the first one. Okay, okay. But the second one is good. No, that's proper expectations you're setting, so thank you. It's good. I have a lot of hours on that one. It's 40, 40 plus, 50 hours, yeah, I think. No, yeah. we were both talking about how we want to go back and play more of it and mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. now that the game has been patched and yeah. polished yeah. a little bit, that now is probably the best time to go back and check it out. And Rosario Dawson is in there. That's what I have to say. She is. She is. Indeed, mm-hmm. she is. Hey. Well, listen, we're inevitably going to miss some of the news because there's just too much news that happened this week. But we have some fun, hands-on stuff to talk about. So stick with us, everybody. We will be right back. Welcome back. 
back, everybody. It is the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast where we talk about what we've been playing and any events that we have been to. And Lord, we've been playing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's start with Saints Row. Yeah. So big thank you to the team at Deep Silver for providing us with advanced copies of the game. So it turns out a lot of people ain't liking their time with Saints Row. I, you know, I feel a rant bubbling within my loins. Ooh, Let it go, bro. Well, check your laptop first so we can fully see you and not of, focus on that. Come on. my notes on it. It's fine. Whatever. Pocket. Okay. Uh, here's the thing. I don't know what people were expecting when they were going to start a Saints Row game. Were you expecting the next Grand Theft Auto killer? I don't know. But the fact that people are playing this game and then they're complaining about like, oh, the writing, there's so much vulgarity. Oh, it's, it's like, it's a Saints Row game. It's supposed to be silly. It's not supposed to make a lot of sense. It's supposed to have a certain sense of humor to it. And I am having a great time with it. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Are there issues? Absolutely there are. But if you go into it with the right expectations, you want to have dumb, stupid fun you're going to have a lovely time with it. And I don't know what folks were thinking. You know what I mean? What <laughs> Preach. the hell? God, it makes me so angry. Yes, Danny. Are you preaching too or are you going to counter me? No, I was going to ask you a question. You fin- <laughs> have you finished the game? Woo! No. Uh, no, I am 50% through the way the okay. campaign. But I've probably played about 20 to 25 hours. Okay, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Okay, so it's not... The issue that I have the, with the game is not the... The game is fun. I find it fun. It's just... Mm-hmm. The side missions are very frustrating. And the oh. thing is, you have to do a certain amount of side missions in order to unlock one of the like last few missions in order to finish the game. And it just took forever for me. And it was it just got really frustrating. See, I'm doing and a lot plus of- it was buggy. Okay, yeah, there are a lot of bugs in this game, and yeah. I will give it that. But there are, there is a certain charm to certain bugs in a game, and this is one of those things. It's hard to it's hard to like talk about it without it sounding like you're an idiot. But I think there are some bugs in a game that actually kind of lend itself to the theme of the game. What, honey? Before we talk about the bugs, did you both only play before the day one patch that came out this week? I played before and after. Okay, so I've you only played, played both. before. Okay. I haven't yeah. played since I've been here. So I just want to make sure because that's a that's frequent a big, thing big that we are required to make sure you guys know. Because there are times when we play pre-release where they call out known bugs, particularly in open world games. And day one patches are routine Mm -hmm. procedure these days. So I just wanted to ask, but you have played post-patch. I I have, but I finished the game before the patch went out. So I'm I'm still stuck with this. 
I mean, that's very I mean, but that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Oh, absolutely, it's fair. And let me tell you, yeah. I had probably the hardest time playing co-op, like between every single game I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Like Jason and I both have a code, and for us to actually sink into a game, we had to resort to random matchmaking and hope that we would get into the same game. Mm-hmm. So he would actually end up joining other people's games and had to hard quit out because it was broken. So yeah, like the pre-release version of matchmaking was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. And there, yes, there are a lot of bugs. We've had a few times where we've had to like quit the game. But there were also times where we would get a bug where I would be in the car, but actually be sitting in the middle of an intersection, buck ass naked for some reason. And Jason would be driving around. But I'm like, this is so perfect. It fits into it so well. But it was never anything game breaking. And it's that hard like balance. But anyway, I saw you had your hand raised. Yeah. So so I wanted to quickly raise a counterpoint to what you said. It being frustrating that you needed to do certain side missions in order to get to the in game Mm -hmm. campaign Mm storyline. Keeping in mind the way most people, the most consumers will play this game do you think it's going to be a similar experience where like folks like blessing at a junior or janet garcia from kind of funny had a really frustrating time trying to finish the game for review but most people will play this over six to 12 months and they will come back to it having played other things or done other things and they'll be coming back fresh Mm -hmm. maybe it won't be so repetitive if they're not mainlining all 40-ish hours of this Mm -hmm. all at once. Does it seem like an experience that could work for people who are looking for stupid shenanigans and maybe even some bugs that are quite charming over the course of, let's say, six months to a year? I'll speak to that after Danny does. Okay, so Because I feel like this is something that needs to be called out for review environments. Just as Andrea mentioned, day mm -hmm. one patches make a big difference in a lot of games because going gold doesn't necessarily mean all the bugs are worked out, even known bugs. Playing a game is not necessarily binging a game. It's not the binging part because I play games... You know, I'll stay playing one game for I'm talking about for like days just trying to finish it, and I have I had a lot of a lot of fun playing it. Mm-hmm. The thing with Saints Row, I feel like especially the side mission again, side mission was just too much for me. Okay, so when, when you, you say, say side, <laughs> yeah, no. but, but no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, I love you. I, yeah. What What do you mean? It was too much. They were too the, repetitive. They were boring. Um, like the gameplay was not fun. Repetitive, maybe, but also like the AI. Like, for example, uh, there's one side mission where you're on top of the vehicle and you're driving around. and, F- and Shotgun for hire or whatever it's called. Yeah, Shotgun something like that. Yeah. And then the cops are after you. Mm-hmm. You destroy the cops, like their cars. And some of them just popped up out of nowhere. Like, sure. Like, it was a lot of those. So it was broken. Very broken. Yeah, okay. yeah. So Fair. Yeah, and I just, it wasn't fun for me. It was just frustrating. Well, you know? I didn't know when it's broken. It's definitely yeah, not yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. But I had a great time playing the mission more than anything. Mm-hmm. The main the mission main, is, main campaign. Yeah. I mean, I'm with Towards you. the end. The end got a little bit weird. <laughs> I'm not going to say. You mean it, narratively? Like, it, yeah, like it was, it turned a, like. A, Jump the shark. Yeah, it was like a mm-hmm. lot. I'm like, this came out of nowhere. Okay. And, but I still finished the game. Because yeah. there's a lot of side mich- side things you can do in this game. And you two talked about this in your preview. Mm-hmm. You have your ventures, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can build these businesses. And some of them, I think, are hilarious. One, one of them is based off of insurance fraud. <laughs> where you build this, right? False That's insurance fun. company, That's right? Fun. And you have to jump in front of all... Mm-hmm. And this has been in other Saints Row games, I feel like. Where you have to fling yourself in front of oncoming traffic. And you get flung in the air. And you have to hit a certain monetary threshold for you to complete successfully the mission. Like, those are funny. 
So, yeah, so side mission. So you you have these ventures, you build these businesses, and then mm-hmm. they unlock specific side content. So mm-hmm. maybe it's the insurance fraud one that I just talked about, or it's the shotgun one that you were, you know, where you're on top of the car and you have to get to a certain spot, or you have to ride a hoverboard through the town, or you have to transport toxic materials from point A to point B. Honestly, a lot of it is really basic, but it is just so much fun. And here's the disclaimers. I've been playing this only with someone else, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so you haven't played single player. I haven't played I, single I play player. I majority single player. And I think, though, that I actually like all of the characters in this game. I like your little saints buddies. Yeah. And I know oh, lot- yeah. That, that, I think that's the best part about the and game. And see, I've seen a the lot of people say they between- don't like them. Right, I like him. I, li- I like. I do him. too. Even the cat that's in the game. <laughs> the freaking cat. There's exactly. the cat. You can I think the that's cat. enough to keep me. Would be enough to keep me playing this yeah. solo. There was a few nights where we couldn't get the co-op working. I'm like, deuces, Jason. Like, I'm playing this without you. But we're having so much fun just playing those randomly. We probably do about three side missions to one main mission. So we're already accomplishing that. So I don't know when we get to that point if we'll have that same problem you did. Mm-hmm. You're almost there. Am I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. close to like the thirty plus mark. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but God, there. I'm having so much fun. But uh, but now let's talk about the new location. Okay. Santo Aleso. Uh, Santo Aleso. Yeah. So you're walking around, you see cars driving by, right? I feel like it. It was kind of dead. Lifeless. Yeah. Lifeless. Sometimes you will see a car that will stop at a red light and the car would just stay there the oh. whole time. I'm like, hmm. okay. So I would just go and steal the car. And <laughs> was, as was one like, does. Yeah, it was like super easy for me. But that was the part I was kind of like, damn, like, I, honestly, like the game started really strong. And that's what we played mm-hmm. in Las Vegas when we got right. the, the hands-on event. And I'm like, okay, this is it. Like I'm ready to play this. Once I play the full game, I'm like, it's not there. It has a lot of potential. A lot of potential. It's important because I don't want people listening to feel like we're giving Saints Row a pass just because it's fun. Because we do routinely, or I specifically routinely, Mm -hmm. call out games that don't provide an adequate experience for a $60 price tag or a $70 price tag, whatever mm. you're paying for the game, right? And this is a full price AAA console release. Right. And does it stand toe-to-toe with other open world games out there as far as the quality level of gameplay? I cannot say yes. All I can say is that I have a lot of fun when I'm playing the game, mm-hmm. but will I also have fun if I jump back into Just Cause 4 mm. or even GTA Online or any other number of open world games where I can screw around? Even like going back to Far Cry and playing co-op mm-hmm. and the fun that you can have in that game. And that is something that you as a consumer have to weigh and go, do I want to spend my dollars on a game that will be fun but will also have problems and issues and isn't admittedly toe-to-toe with what's currently out there and this is what i alluded to in my tweet when i talked about the game was that this game clearly is cross-generation even when we spoke to the development team at that event that we got to go to in las vegas it was clear that they struggled with the fact that they had to split generations. And I don't want to use the phrase dumb down the technology that they were using to make sure it could run on PS4 and Xbox One. But it's really tough in an open world scenario. It's like, how, what can we implement? What can we push with our engine in order to make the game run and not be broken, which this game clearly is in some aspects. 
when we're trying to service PS5 and Xbox Series S and also Xbox One and PS4. Mm-hmm. And we really just need developers who are focusing on making open world games to leave the last generation behind. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just it. If you're not making an open world game, you could still probably split generations, no problem. But the technology is just so different now between what people expect when they buy an open world game that's designed mm-hmm. for PC and new generation, generation nine consoles and old gen. And Volition struggled with that clearly. And I think that's why people are having struggles with this game. To be clear, you're oh, playing ahead. on PlayStation mm-hmm. or PC. No, Xbox. Oh, you're playing on Xbox? I yeah. was playing on Xbox. Places, Xbox. where that came from? We were all. I'm also <laughs> playing on Xbox okay. Series yeah. S. Series S. No, I'm me. playing on yeah. Series X. Excuse Xbox. me. X. Yeah, Xbox. Um, okay, so a mix of Xbox but current consoles. I, yeah. I know you mentioned about the developers, but is it the developers or the publishers? The publishers want to make money. Developers no. are just making the game. This is, I mean, but this is on the development team. Like, mm-hmm. this is, like, Deep Silver wasn't pushing Volition to push this game out on a deadline. Deep, we, no, no, it's not Obviously, that we've seen from Deep Silver that they're okay with a game <laughs> slipping a little bit. Yeah. Dead Island was announced in 2014 <laughs> and now is coming out in 2023. So, I mean, I don't think it was Deep Silver pressuring Volition. I think this was Volition struggling Mm -hmm. with what do we do to bring our iconic franchise up to speed? Mm -hmm. Do we reboot, which is what they decided to do. But then when you reboot, what do you keep and what do you dump? And you're never going to satisfy. It's like what... Capcom, I'm sure, struggled with was Resident Evil, right? Because you have two very clear Resident Evil audiences and they're like, how do we mesh them with Resident Evil Village? And clearly not everybody was happy with that game <laughs> even though we had a good time with it. And yeah. But there was a core audience there that wasn't happy in either direction. It either wasn't action-focused enough or it wasn't survival horror-focused enough. And I think Volition is finding themselves and like we tried to service multiple audiences that love this franchise and apparently it's falling short for people but it's falling short for people who are critically reviewing the game i haven't seen Mm -hmm. mass fan reaction of this game yet because Mm -hmm. we're recording the podcast just as the game is going live Mm -hmm. for people around the world i have a gut feeling that this game is going to fall in line with what Days Gone did. That early critical reaction was not universally positive and in fact was middling to negative. Yeah. But fans were like, this game is awesome. I'm having so much fun. I love this. And I think Saints Row might fall in line with that. Though I will say Saints Row has far more technical problems Mm -hmm. than Days Gone did at launch. Mm -hmm. I will also say that the optics right now is that Saints Row has some really tough criticisms levied against it, right? We're talking about a lot of that right now. Yeah. And referencing even some other outlets who have been pretty harsh on their criticism. Lowering that expectation is probably in the long run better for the reception of the game because people will know what to expect when they go in. It's Mm going to be a little buggy. It may get repetitive if they're playing for long stretches at a time by themselves. Like this game really is designed to be enjoyed in, I would say, bite sizes with friends. Like that is the ideal setting. And that is the opposite of how most reviewers are experiencing the game. Absolutely. So I think lowering your expectations and folks like me who are not familiar with the Saints Row (laughs) franchise will probably have a good time because I didn't have that previous game to compare it to. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy the writing and the narrative. And all of the characters are great to me. I have two two things to say. One, I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about this. I played with the same weapon from the beginning of the game to the end. Definitely a huge, yeah, criticism. So huge. at mm-hmm. levels 5, 10, and 15, you can go to the gun shop. I can't remember what it's called. 
and store. The, store. <laughs> the store and you can buy new weapons which is cool and i finally just said that after i reached level 15 and then as you use that weapon there are certain tasks that you can do with that weapon to unlock its special ability but that's kind of the progression system and that's kind of it and that or you have to do special challenges to unlock weapons of the gun shop which i hate Exactly. You have their call. Did not like missions or something. Yeah. We own the RPG part. Yeah. So (laughs) real quickly, Andrea said, disclaimer, we're recording this a few days after release. I'm on Metacritic because, you know, it has critical reviews and it has like user based reviews. Okay. So Metacritic score for the PC based off 69 ratings, 2.2 user score. This is 24 hours after launch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's PS5 3. Out of 96 ratings, it's a 3.0. It's a 1.7 so on Xbox Series X. And it's a 0.9 on PlayStation 4. Ooh, I feel bad. I feel bad for Ouch. the developers, but... I don't think it's that. No, it's bad. not. Like, <laughs> it it's, not it's not that broken. It's, no. It's really not. And here's what I'll say is there's been a lot of great co-op games that have come out this year. I think of Dying Light 2. I think of Tiny Tina. There was Salt and Sacrifice. I don't know if that was this year. But this is the game that Jason and I keep going back to every night. And this is the game that we keep playing. And we have laughed to the point of crying multiple mm-hmm. times. I have been a snotty ass mess. Mm-hmm. We audibly just laugh all the time. And it's not like a little chuckle. It's like full on laughing. And I love that this universe exists where you can go and you can hijack a car and you can run to a fire hydrant. You can put people in a million. They run up to it and they just go spraying everywhere. Your car goes like across buildings. It's hilarious and it's fun and it all comes down to expectations and I'm glad this game exists. Do you think that if they had made this game a $40 game, like a $39.99 price point or even cheaper that people would have not come at it so hard a la Goat Simulator, a game that's very obviously broken and celebrated how broken it was, but people still had fun and laughed while they were playing it to the point that they had this ridiculous Goat Simulator 3 trailer that we just watched and everyone was like, yes, I can't wait for this broken nightmare mess again. I mean, that's the hard thing, right? Like, personally, I would pay, I was given a review code, but I would pay $60 for this game to me, like, right now. I would, You know, the amount of hours and entertainment it has provided to me, it's so worth it, you know, especially when you have a child at home and you The laughs are important, man. You need an (laughs) escape and this has given us something a game that we are trying to finish and we're excited to finish and to me like you can't put a monetary price on that escape in the evening so like yeah i would do that but i'm also the person who would pay and who has paid full price for a call of duty campaign because i love the experience it gives me but yeah from like a pr general perspective i think if you had put that price tag on it probably would have been received a little bit better i think black friday is probably going to be cheap for sure yeah but i have to say also we haven't talked about the soundtrack i oh love my God, oh, yeah. the music is great love oh, the soundtrack good. as a as a person that grew up in the 90s oh it's so especially good hip-hop they have a lot of old school songs there even tlc i'm like oh man this is pretty cool <laughs> tlc dmx uh yeah, well, the licensing went off yeah mm-hmm. uh, tranquil quest oh, i love the soundtrack yeah love me too it. yeah the music is really really great yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So clearly, <sighs> y'all need to decide for yourselves what your dollars are worth. But no, this game has some broken jank to it. It's mm-hmm. got some issues, but it's dumb fun. And if you want some ridiculous ragdoll physics, if you want to fly around, if you want to dress yourself up in ridiculous costumes, turn your friend into a mailbox. Exactly. <laughs> and the prank system. Saints Row, yeah. Wingsuit, fly around. The yeah. Saint, the yeah. I had a great. really tough time controlling that. Yeah, so does Jason. I don't know why. Why? Uh, I I stuck landing. I could fly. I I did. But every time I tried, my character just 
Is this how women are better drivers than men? Kind oh, of I maybe. Oh, oh, so you really? can even fly the wingsuit and yeah. launch off of a car and right? go back yeah. higher. Yes. I'll let you control it. Cause I, I, <laughs> I actually I'll have this control. game clip saved and I should give it to you so you can put it in the show, Andrea. But essentially, like we're la- Jason and I are flying out the top of the highest building in the area. We're landing on this little cute island. Hmm. And I land with my little graceful wings and I land and do a little t- like a little somersault. And I'm like, ah, I'm here. And then two seconds later, Jason just goes, kaboom, tumble, 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 tumble. <laughs> And then he stands up, does a little like hip thrust emote, and then he runs away. And I'm like, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. So maybe it's just maybe it's just I a man guess, thing. Um, work on your skills. I'll drive around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy this game's a thing, though. That's yeah. all I'm gonna that say. That was a good hands-on segment. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Really good. Lots of opinions. Yes. So the real question is, Danny, I would love to talk to you about this amazing book that you are oh, part of. Oh, yes. Wait, let me show it again. Let's see it. Okay, okay. Let's get, yeah, get it closer. So, Danny, you have been doing all kinds of press and mm-hmm. talking about this amazing book, Danny Loves Video Games, which you can buy on Amazon right now. We'll put the link in the show notes for everybody who wants to get it. I've got my pre-order copy Thank already. You. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the support. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would love to hear about how you got involved with making a children's book. Yeah, so I got together with my cousin. Uh, we were actually we were in Miami, and he took us out to eat. And he was like, "Danny, I, I just love your story. Been through there with you, you know. Because we used to be uh, promoters, and we used to do a lot of like production work back in the '90s and stuff. And he was like, I want to share that to the world, like because he's been doing a children's book with his wife for a while, and it's called uh, Two Quality People. And mm-hmm. I, I, I like the concept. I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. So. We sat down, I broke it down, like everything that ha- what happened with me when I started with podcasting and gaming, and we turned it into a book so based on a true story about my life. So I'm very excited to share this to, to the younger generation, especially for me uh, as a kid, Latino kid back in, in New York. My dad, and there was even people from my family that were like, oh, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your time. And I want, I want to like educate that generation if there's people that will have kids in the future for them to support the kids. Like, you know, I had a dream since a kid. There are probably going to be others too. And I just want them to get that support too, you know. So that's my goal out of all this. Absolutely. And, and I want to show kids that, hey, dreams do come true. That's you know, wonderful. So, I yeah. love that you are telling your personal story because clearly you've done so much work building not only your personal brand mm-hmm. because you've done so much on just as I'm Danny Pena, like Gamertag Radio founder, but this idea that you've been working in podcasting for X amount of years and working in video games and mm-hmm. you, like us, frequently get people coming to you saying how do I do what you do mm-hmm. you know what can I do to make it a career and I think that that question which is you know, obviously not what we're going to answer right here no, a very long answer. Is, is something <laughs> that a lot of kids are like what well, what is this career to me and I mm-hmm. think what's really special about this is like we all, I mean, young Brittany and Ray, maybe aside, grew up with this idea that you could never have a job in video games. That wasn't a thing that mm. you could have ever. And you included are like, hey, but I'm going to make it a thing. Yes. Since a very young age, I wanted to start a business with gaming. It was because of my grandmother buying me that Atari 2600 mm. for the first time. And I remember Brittany. Yes. Yeah, find the Brittany. page, Ray. I remember, and I will never forget this conversation. We were at, at the Fortnite party at E3. I do remember this. And now. we were talking. Yes. We were talking about this, like, yeah, Your my grandma? grandmother, yes. my grandmother gave Absolutely. me an Atari Twenty Six Hundred. She doesn't know anything about gaming, but that moment completely changed my life for me. 
And Brittany was like, my grandmother too. Yes, right? I absolutely, we were talking about this earlier and I was like, for, and then when you mentioned your grandmother, I'm like, ah, that's right. I'll never forget that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, my grandmother also got me into video games because she, she still plays video games. She's 82. Yeah. She uh, kicks ass in all the JRPGs. And yeah, that was a really special moment because how many people do you know who you can be like, my grandmother did yeah. this for me. Yeah, but it could be a friend, it could be it could parents, be anyone. Mm -hmm. anyone, right? So that moment inspired me to, I mean, really get into gaming. But then once I was in my teens, I was living in the Dominican Republic with my mom. You know, my parents got divorced when I was like around five or six or so. So when I moved to DR with my mom, I came up with an idea. I had a lot of Super Nintendos and a lot of Sega Genesis. And I told her, Mom, can we rent an office and we have all my consoles? We probably get TVs. And I'm gonna charge people for controller to play my games. So she's like, Wait, wait, how many, <laughs> how many Sega Genesis and Super Nintendos did you have? I had three Sega Genesis, maybe five Super Nintendos. Wait, what? Why? A <laughs> mogul. I can't remember that time. I can't remember, but I had a lot. Uh, Hustler. <laughs> and, and also, I, I had a lot of games. And then my mom said, yeah, let's do it. So I rented an office, and I was just charging people to play Mortal Kombat 1, 2, Donkey Kong Look Country. Look at you, little entrepreneur. Yeah, and I was like maybe 13, 14 years old during that time. And I never I was, heard this story. I've known I you for a long time, Danny. I always wanted to start a business with, with gaming, and That's I made so, cool. so much money that I even bought a motorcycle in the American public. Get yeah. out! Hold yeah. on, hold Get on, hold on. Okay, yeah. so you were 14. 14, 15, or it was like around that time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't remember how old you were, but, but you bought a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I I made money, and my mom was like, all right. My dad was more of like, son, you, know, you love video games, but it's not going to pay the bills. So it took a while for him to see the vision. Years later, I'm, you know, I'm already in my 20s now. Well, actually, no, I'm in my 30s. And I got inducted to the podcast Hall of Fame. Congratulations, yeah, by the thank way. You, People thank didn't you. know. <laughs> and then uh, Mammy Harold interviewed me. So then I mentioned to my dad, but, you know, I'm in the front page of the newspaper, Mammy Harold, go to the supermarket, buy it. He's a cab driver, so he's always driving around. And he went to the supermarket, bought a newspaper, and started reading it. And he called me crying. He's oh! like, and he's like, son, I don't know what it is that you do, but I'm super proud of you, super <laughs> proud of you. And that's what I, this is the reason why I made that book. I want to teach parents that, that doesn't know anything about gaming, for them to have an open mind and also support their kids, man, if that's the career that they want to go into, you know? I so. think we can all relate with that. My mom and dad still don't know what I do. They don't <laughs> quite understand it's it. It's true. Yeah, mm -hmm. my in-laws don't quite get it. So how did you stay motivated to do this video game industry shenaniganry when everyone around you was like, I don't know if there's a future in that. I don't know. It was not an easy path for me, but I, I just kept on going. And also having friends that also have the same vision as you and, and support mm -hmm. each other. Like Paris and Pete, they're like. My you mean those guys you hate on the internet? <laughs> yeah. Yes, with the angry tweets. <laughs> angry, angry, tweets. angry red yeah. emoji. Always. But look, I I started I started the podcast with my brother, and my brother was very young. You know, he was like 18, 19 years old, hanging out with friends, and he stopped podcasting. You know. But Dan Wait, started, which brother was that? No, no, uh, Dan, oh. Daniel, Daniel Pena. That one. He, he's now in, he now he works in the gaming industry now mm -hmm. with Tara Bruno. Shout out to him oh. and everything. And uh, with with Paris and P, my co-host, we always motivate each other. You know, um, there's been times that I just don't want to do it anymore, mm -hmm. and they're like, Nah, nah. We always support each other, you know, and motivate it. So so that's why I kept on going. And plus, I got to see the vision. Like I always, there's pictures of me messing around with my dad's tape recorder because he used to be a dj back in the 80s 
and this is me as a kid i will record anything whatever's in the background like i have the tv on i'll record it and then at night i will listen to the cassette whatever i recorded and i'll vision the scene whatever's in, recorded from the from the show like for like a TV show or something mm-hmm. like that, yeah. So I always wanted to mess around with tape decks and, and cassettes young and everything. Young producer Danny at work. Very wow. young That's producer. how you got your, your nickname from your family, El Cientifico. Yeah, they call me Cientifico, which is uh, the scientist, because I always will break, <laughs> I will break something and it will fix it. Or if somebody has an issue like with their TV, I'm like, don't worry, I got it. And I'll fix it and everything. Turn it yeah, off so, and turn it back on. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> fixes a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that people don't know, like that, the store that I had, um, mm. or arcade, I don't know what you want to call it. But uh, also with podcasting, like I will go to the stores. At that time, there was only iPods. There was no smartphones. So it's either the PC or an iPod. So I'll go to the store, pass out flyers. If there's like a launch, midnight launch, and there's people in line, and I'll tell them, listen to my radio show. I will never mention the word podcast because then people will say, oh, so I need an iPod oh. in the early two, in the early 2000s right. in order to listen to a podcast. I'm like, no, 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 just go with your PC. Hence the good. name Gamertag Radio. Radio. Yes. So originally back... So you're saying like we shouldn't name our show What's Good Games Radio. It should, right? Back then, yeah. <laughs> Andrea, yeah. we'll get on to your No, but uh, another thing too, when I started Gamertag Radio, I will always record through the Halo 2 Xbox Live lobby. Oh! That's how I invite. That's how I interview Major Nelson and a bunch of other <laughs> oh people. That's that. amazing. Through Xbox Live, yeah. Scrappy, everyone. Yeah. So Gotta I did it like. Scrappy. I mean, the quality was terrible. There was no Skype <laughs> at that time. Nothing like that. Yeah. So. But I mean, listen, like, yeah, you did what you could. Of course, Made I mean, work. look, like in a month, actually in a couple of weeks, we're going. We're going to Miami. We're having a sign-in and also a reading event. My books are going to be at like around hundred. When and where so. is that for people who maybe are in Florida? September fifteenth. That's in the Kendall area kendall lakes branch library uh we've been working with the mammy mammy dade county libraries we're working on um trying to see if we can have all the books all over miami and everything and one of the libraries which is super close to the one where at that time i had no computers and i would just go to the library and that's how i learned how to design a website through angelfire.com and all that stuff. So, <laughs> Kids, yeah, you so. have no idea how good oh, you have. Know. They don't know. Yes. They don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that there's actually any kids listening to this podcast, oh, but yeah. hopefully not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, 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 it's crazy like how everything is like full circle. Even when uh, I started my internet radio days in around 2000, you know, I went to an event where it was Xbox. They were in town, New York City. This was two months after 9-11. They were there showing their console. And a week later, Nintendo were in town. They were showing GameCube, right? Mm. So I would show up over there with my video camera, tape recorder, start interviewing people. I even went up to Microsoft and I told them, hey, I have a radio show. Can I get a badge? And no questions about credentials anything they just gave me a media badge so i had access like vip and i got you have a trustworthy face apparently (laughs) so i went in the back and i started talking to like all the creator the original creators of xbox got really cool with them i was there for 48 hours it was a 40 hour 48 hour competition i was trying to win a trip to cancun i didn't (laughs) and then at the end they gave us everybody free xboxes Oh, uh, nice. You Worth know, and I'm like, then, oh, man, just showing up, recording content. I, all right, cool. <sighs> so nice. then a week after that, it was during the same week where GameCube was having the event. They invited me to go to um, the launch event, Xbox, at Times Square in New York City. Mm-hmm. 
at Toys R Us. So I went there, and uh, Bill Gates was there, and they wanted me to play with Bill Gates. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we were I playing. I mean, you know, just a little thing. Uh, I was there yeah. at Times Square <laughs> playing yeah. with Bill Gates. No big deal. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah, so I got to play Fusion Frenzy with, with him. <laughs> Terrible player. Ooh. Yeah, no, he's not Called a Called out? It's true. So I did that, and then 20 years later, Twitch hit me up to be part of their um, Latino Heritage Month that they were celebrating here in the U.S., and they put me in billboards all over Times Square. Yeah, they mm-hmm. did. And I took Re over there, too, and I was like, man, this is crazy. 20 years later, full circle. Well, you same got your story. start, yeah. Yep. And that's the reason why I'm releasing the book on September 15th is because celebrate that. Celebrate. That was the day I also proposed to Re, September 15th. Aww, yeah. cutie. Yeah, and uh, I know there was some another thing, another reason to why I'm really there was there was three reasons, but <laughs> those are the two. The top. Billboard anniversary, the beginning of Hispanic Heritage Month. Yes, and and the uh, yeah when Proposal. I proposed. Those it. are yeah. the three reasons. Yeah, three reasons. Great reasons. Yeah, good reasons. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. That's such yeah. a. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> thanks. You thanks. have put in the work clearly, mm-hmm. and now look at you. You know. I've yeah. been here for a long time, Danny, and this is really cool. Just as a friend, I'm really, really happy for you. Thank you. I, yeah. I want to support as many people as possible. Like, I'm always giving back, like, always helping. You know, even yeah. when Andrea started What's Good, she was asking me podcast questions. Remember, Andrea? I'm like, yeah, you should do this, you do that. Cause I yeah, want- I knew nothing about podcasting. My mm-hmm. background was video, you know, yeah. so I reached out to the people that I know that are, you know, people that have expertise in podcasts and i was like danny you got you got the longest running podcast in video games help me <laughs> and here's the thing like i've never been that person like oh i'm competing with so-and-so i've never been that know, way yeah. ever i'm mm-hmm. always like rising tides yeah i want i want other people to succeed and i feel like when you succeed we all we all succeed like opportunities gonna open up for everyone so that's why i've never been in that type like trying to compete with other podcasts at all mm-hmm. you know so like yeah, that's how it works in real life you you help each other of you course yeah. community. of course yeah and it, even now i've been this is like my goal my goal and it's been now for a couple of years a couple of year, years ago i went to the american public i was promoting a documentary over there I, I did a media tour and i want to know like how is the gaming community over there now and i got to meet a lot of content creators gamers and a couple of developers and every single person said to me we feel left out over mm-hmm. here there's no workshops there's no conferences we have to like have like our own events and everything and i had that in my, my mind like for years i'm like you know what i'm gonna do something so i started talking to gimme companies one of them was unity and i asked them if we could do like a free event like a workshop for developers over there and we we had like a free event and we had like a good 200 300 people there that's incredible wow. yeah and uh and i also worked with like university over there in tech is called and the capital of the Dominican Republic and I was also had a session all about content creation so I talked about like podcasting there was also content creators there so I want people to to share their dream as much as possible and and come up with like some cool games and you never know in the future you know so that's my goal. I want to help out as many people as possible in the future. So especially in Latin America. It's so important to reach back where you came from and yes. bring more people with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, yep. indeed. And I love how the message in your book also reminds kids that have a vision that this isn't an overnight success, that you worked many years to get to where you are, and that mm-hmm. while lots of us, when we're young, we have big dreams of being movie stars or professional basketball players mm-hmm. or whatnot, or like the next ninja, right? <laughs> that that those dreams are achieved through many years of hard work and mm-hmm. commitment to 
building your craft and teaching and training yourself to be mm-hmm. better every day. And mm-hmm. I love that that message is built into your book for kids. That's yeah, great. you know, um, and I, I'm going to mention this, Arika. So this was like a very important day for us. Like, you know, I, I grew up in the projects in New York, you know, with my, with my family. You know, my mom was a single parent. It was very hard for her to, like, you know, raise me. And, and um, as a single parent, it was really, really tough, you know. And one day when we we bought a house together, mm-hmm. Rena, and when we got the keys, man, I started breaking down. Like, mm-hmm. I never I never in a million years thought that we were going to be homeowners, you know. And that's the thing that I want to share that to everybody else, you know. Um, that's the main reason I made the book, like, because you never know. You have a dream, go for it. It doesn't have to be gaming. It could be anything else. And um, you never know. Amen to that. And congratulations on your guys' new home. It's an amazing accomplishment. And you can do it all through video games, kids. Hey, go for it. Go for it. You just got to believe in yourself and work hard. Yeah. That's the important part. And find the right people to support you. Yes. 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 And, and and thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about the book. You know, get this. Of this course. This is like a passion project for me. Like, I really... I'm excited. I can't wait to see like people reading this to their kids. Like there was one person that we used to go to school together, high school, and she hit me up privately on Facebook and was like, "Danny, my child, I'm, I'm gonna have a granddaughter. She's not born yet. She's gonna, <laughs> she's probably gonna be born around September, October, around there. I want to buy this book. Can you please sign it?" I'm gonna read it to her when she gets older. I'm like, Aww. yes, more young girls. Like that's games. like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And that's I'm like, I'm like, wow. Man. I have these images in my head of like kindergarten teachers sitting in her chair, whatever, holding mm-hmm. the book, a circle of kids gathered around and reading this kind of book. And I think it's really important. I mean, video games is still a medium that's frowned upon by the general public. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we you, those issues you talk about in your book of people being like, well, hey, like I don't know if you can actually make a career out of this. That still mm-hmm. is a thing today. Mm-hmm much because you have twitch but no i think that's so great and again like andrea was saying all comes down to having a dream committing to it putting in the work for it and if this Mm -hmm. inspires people and children like dang dude yes yeah yeah Yeah. i'm excited Ah. and i hope you girls could do a book too like i would love love listen i've got ideas i've got ideas (laughs) i'm right i'm ready to go whiskey lullabies (laughs) let's go And I will support y'all all the way if, that, no. if you make it happen. Thank so. you so much. Well, listen, yeah. everybody, if you're watching at youtube.com slash Games, you can see Danny Loves Video Games is right there. And we'll have the links mm-hmm. in the show notes below. But Danny, where else can people go to learn more about you, what you're mm-hmm. doing in your book? Oh, in English and in Spanish. Oh, it's in English and in Spanish. You can find me, well, all social media. Look up Godfrey. I'm there. Social media, Twitter, Instagram. Gamer Talk Radio. We're in every podcast app out there. Just search Gamer Talk Radio listen to the podcast yeah mm. we'll be there Weekly wherever show. you listen to what's good games you can also find gamertag yeah. radio it's yeah. great there you go well danny <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on the show today we look forward to having you back on the show of course and everybody you heard of the book is out september 15th hopefully you all go out and get it and i told danny from a small baby parent <laughs> needs non-rippable pages that we're working on a board book copy. Board book. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. <laughs> but until then, I've got the beautiful one with the big colorful pages that yes. I will hold very far away from the small <laughs> so, child. So, so there is Kindle version, paperback, and hardcover. Okay. The paperback will come out. You could start pre-ordering that. I think September 15th. Now. All so right. There you go. Good for airplanes, you know. Yeah. When you're traveling, keep it light. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. We will see you next week. Goodbye.